Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Barrier Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network. The only place of the show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Rice Shell Radio. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their upcoming football game over the next week from a betting perspective. But before we get into any of that, I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsor. It's playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines, with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Murray Podcast. For a break, we'll discuss the plan for this episode. Once again, going to talk about the upcoming NFC title game between the Lions and the 49ers taking place on Sunday. Before we continue that, though, do want to recap what happened in the last episode, both for our picks and for the Niners. Uh, starting off with our picks, overall did very well. We did like the under in the game, and we also did like the Packers plus the points, as that ended up working out as the Niners did win, but not by enough as they won by three, and the game did go under the total. Now, as for the Niners, obviously it went well because they won the game, and as a result, they are still playing, and the Super Bowl dream is still alive. Now, I will admit they did not play that well, but doesn't matter. A win's a win. Survive in advance. And that is the name of the game. So to go through the actual stats, though, for that Niners game, they did trail uh, in the fourth quarter. And then then uh, they were able to outscore the Packers 10-0 in the fourth. You had the Moody field goal uh, from 52 yards clutch kick there to start the fourth quarter. Then you had the very nice touchdown drive, uh, 12 play, 69 yards in about five minutes and change. Game-winning touchdown with a minute to go, and then you saw the interception uh, by Jordan Love to Greenlaw to ice the game. Now, to go through the actual stats here, uh, going through the Niners' stats, Brock Purdy's stats were fine. Overall, he was really not that good uh, throughout the game, but he did enough at the end, and he had the game-winning touchdown drive. Uh, But Purdy ended up having 252 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, sacked one time. QBR of 61.9. McCaffrey was good, though, at 17 carries for 98 yards and two touchdowns. And McCaffrey also had uh, 30 receiving yards with seven receptions, so he was very solid. Kittle had a touchdown and 81 yards. You had Juwan Jennings, who had 61 yards. Ayuk at 32 yards. And you had Debo, who had 24. Debo was the big story, though, because he got injured, so he was on pace for a big game, but then missed most of it. And as a result, now he's a 50-50 chance to play in the NFC title game. We'll talk about him in a second. But the point is, uh, the receiving core was led by Kittle. Uh, Jennings did a good job of filling in for Debo, and they did enough since Ayuk was relatively quiet. But as for the uh, defense, they were not able to sack Jordan Love, but they did force two interceptions, both by Dre Greenlaw, including the game clincher, in the final minute. Uh, As for the actual Packers, Jordan Love, I said before, had two picks, did have 194 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, QBR of 44.6. Aaron Jones was good, though. He had 18 carries for 108 yards. Uh, Dobbs had 83 yards receiving. Reed had 35. Melton had 19 and a touchdown. And you also had Kraft, who had 9 yards and a touchdown. But Watson only had one catch for 11 yards. He was held in check. Overall, a pretty good job by the defense. And you also ended up really just seeing the Packers struggle to 
convert on a lot of drives because they were in plus territory on a couple of them, but it felt like the Packers kept just stalling out, whether it was missed field goals, turnover on downs. The point is they had some chances, and it just didn't work out for them. And as a result, they left a lot of points off the scoreboard, let the Niners hang around, and you can't do that when you're against the number one seed in any conference. And the Packers ended up realizing that the hard way as they ended up losing outright, and their season's now over. Now, once again, the Packers were a good story as they were 9-8, and eight, ended up killing the Cowboys in the wildcard round, and nobody really thought they were going to make the playoffs entering the year, especially after Aaron Rodgers left. But nice season for them but they probably should have won this game, ended up falling apart late, and that's all that matters. But either way, point is the Niners did not play well at all for basically two or three quarters. Then they piece it together in the fourth, and hopefully they can come out with a more, I'd say, focused effort early in this matchup against the Lions. Uh, But speaking of the Lions, do want to transition over into the opponent for the 49ers in the NFC title game, which will be the Lions because they were able to win at home against the Buccaneers in a pretty entertaining game. Now, the Lions dominated most of it, uh, but the Buccaneers kept finding ways to hang around, uh, but eventually the Lions ended up forcing a pick on the final Tampa drive. Yes, I know there's some timeout controversy with Bulls, but it really wouldn't have mattered anyway. Uh, The Lions got the job done, and they're going to be looking for uh, another... I'd say, I don't want to say a surprising win, but another impressive showing in this game. Now, for the Lions, they won 31-23. to Goff was solid at 287 passing yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Was sacked two times, but he did have a QBR of 65.3. As for the ground game, didn't do much, but did enough as Gibbs had nine carries for 74 yards and a touchdown. Montgomery did nothing, but Craig Reynolds did have one touchdown. Uh, You had St. Brown who had 77 yards and a touchdown. Laporte had 65 yards. Gibbs had 40. Uh, Williams had 35. Wright had 29. And Josh Reynolds had a touchdown and 27 yards. Uh, Besides that, though, no turnovers. So that was a big story of the game. As for Tampa, Mayfield had a big game through the air as he had 349 passing yards and three touchdowns. Did have two picks, though. Was sacked four times. Had a QBR of 55.7. Ground game really didn't do much. White had 55 yards on nine carries. But Tampa was playing from behind, and the Lions' pass defense has really not been great for the last month and change. So the Tampa ended up throwing the ball a lot, and it worked out well for them, as Mayfield had, once again, roughly 350 yards. Mike Evans, though, was great. He had 147 yards and a touchdown. Auden at 65 yards and a touchdown. You also saw White, who had 36 yards and a touchdown. And Godwin had 40 yards on four catches. Now, as for the game itself, once again, the Lions looked like the better team for most of it. And yet they gave up a really long scoring drive right before half. So you figured, okay, Tampa's tied the game at halftime. Maybe it'll get interesting. And then it was tied after three quarters. But the Lions opened up a big lead early in that fourth, and then the Buccaneers scored a touchdown to make it semi-interesting. Went for two, didn't get it, so they trailed by eight. And at that point, the offense and the defense just didn't do enough to actually get off the field, and Mayfield had the interception there at the end. Tampa's kind of a similar story to Green Bay. Both were 9-8. and eight. Yes, I know Tampa won the division because that NFC South was a laughingstock. But Tampa was not expected to actually make any run at all especially after Brady retired, and they made the playoffs. So Tampa had a pretty solid season in general, and they're going to try to uh, potentially bring back Mayfield and do it again next year. But Tampa, good story. They lost to the better team, and that was really the story, as the Lions ended up covering in the end, as the Lions continue to make people forget about the Pistons, uh, because the Lions have been bad for a long time. Then they had a good end to last year, 
as they were able to eliminate the Packers from playoff contention by winning in Lambeau, and that ended up parlaying over into a 12-5 season, regular season, followed by a 14-5 uh, record if you include the playoffs. But now Detroit is going to be trying to pull off the upset for the first time in the postseason because they were favored in the first two games. They played the Rams at home, and they played the Buccaneers at home. So as a result, the Lions will be traveling to the West Coast to play outdoors. Now, the Lions have not played many outdoor games this season because A, they play in a dome, and B, because there are a lot of domes around the league. But to go through the actual numbers here, the Lions have not played a single game outdoors since, just quickly pulling up the schedule here, since week seven, as they and uh, sorry, we, uh, since week fourteen, they played the Bears, lost by fifteen. They also played the Ravens in week seven, and they lost by thirty-two. So both games outdoors since October twenty-first, they lost outdoors uh, by double digits. So you're looking at a spot where the Lions have been kind of benefiting from weather not being a factor with the amount of dome games they've had, and I do wonder if weather will play a factor in this game. The weather in California should be fine for this matchup, but I do wonder, just based on the, I'd say, lack of familiarity playing outdoors, if that will play a factor in this game, or maybe just the lack of a home field advantage, because you know how important these games have been to Lions fans, because the team's actually good for once, and you're looking at now having to travel to play in San Francisco behind this fan base. It would not shock me if the Lions look a lot worse offensively than they have in the last couple of weeks against the Rams and the Buccaneers. But either way, point is the Niners really did not play well against the Packers. They were pretty lucky, if that's the word you want to use, to actually advance. A win's a win, but the point is the Niners have to play a lot better if they want to beat this Lions team. As for the injury report, though, to go through both teams for the Wednesday practices, you saw Bosa who did not practice because of rest. Debo, I said before, is a 50-50 shot with a shoulder injury, and Trent Williams rested as well. So really, Debo's the only question mark for the Niners, and we'll see if he can go. As for Armstead, he practiced in full. Greenlaw was, pre was practicing in full. Odom was in full, and Thomas was in full. So once again, really just only Debo. We'll see what happens. Of course, they... Uh, would love for him to play because of how meaningful he is to the overall team and the offense for the explosiveness purposes. But still, point is, I do think they have enough to get by without Debo, but it's a big game, so we'll see if he does play. If he does, he might be a decoy, maybe on a snap count. We'll see what happens. But once again, if the Niners do win this game, there is no game next week, so Debo will have two weeks to heal uh, for the Super Bowl if they win this game. So the point is Debo hopefully can heal up in time and play in this game because they'll have extra off time before the Super Bowl. But either way, to go through the Lions injury report, they are definitely more injured than the Niners. Jonah Jackson, starting offensive lineman, is injured uh, with a knee issue. He is probably not going to play. It looks pretty rough. If he does play, then um, I doubt it'll be anywhere near 100%. Laporta... Didn't practice. He's been battling a knee issue for the last couple of weeks. Haven't really noticed it, though, because he's been that good. Uh, Ragnow has been injured to hell and back. He has an ankle injury, a toe injury, a knee injury, and a back injury. So he's basically a walking infirmary at this point, but he's probably going to play in this game. Point is, their starting center is definitely banged up, and that can be an issue against the interior defensive line for the Niners. And you also have Khalif Raymond who is injured with a knee issue. That, uh, none, uh, none of them practiced on Wednesday, so keep an eye out for that. But the point is you're having two starting offensive linemen who are banged up for Detroit, and now you have Bosa and Chase Young and a lot of talented defensive linemen coming to town. 
I do think, once again, that could be an issue in terms of protection up front for Detroit. As for the limited practice, you have uh, Anzalone, who ended up practicing, and you had Reynolds, who practiced both limited, and James Houston was a full participant in practice. I believe they also signed, who's that, Zach Ertz, I think? Didn't they sign Zach Ertz? I, th I think they did. Uh, but the point is, I'm not sure if Ertz is going to play or not. We'll see what happens. But Ertz did also join the roster. So we'll see what happens. But he's going to try to ring chase in the middle of a playoff run. Uh, point is, though, the injury report definitely benefits the Niners uh, because of the injuries to D Detroit's uh, offensive line. Debo being out would be a big loss, but it's still 50-50. So I can't fully predict. I think he's going to play, but very limited capacity. That's my guess for this matchup. Now... To go through the actual predictions for this game from a betting perspective, the Niners are favored by a touchdown at their seven-point favorites, and the over-under is set at 50.5. For this matchup, simply put, I do think the Niners are going to get home in terms of the pass rush. I do think that Jared, Jared Goff, who is basically a lawn chair, if we're being honest, I do think that you're looking at him struggling to deal with the pressure, and I do think that's going to be the main a story for me in this game, it will be Detroit's offensive line battling this defensive line, and I am going to give the edge to the Niners. Now, Goff, historically, has faced off against the Niners a lot because they used to be in the same division, and he's not been very good, as Goff has thrown at least one interception in each of the last four games against the Niners. Yes, those were a while ago, but still count. I want to at least mention that. I do think that the lack of mobility uh, that Goff possesses is going to hurt them. Uh, hurt the lines in this game, and I do think the Niners will once again do enough to get the job done, not to mention the fact that the Lions' pass defense has been brutal. The Lions have allowed at least 345 passing yards in five straight games. The secondary is a mess, and yes, I know Debo might not play, but Ayuk is still there. You still have a Kittle, and I think he can have a big game because we saw how good Otten uh, played against the Lions last week. Point is, I do think McCaffrey and the rest of these weapons can get loose in the passing game against the Lions. Purdy was not very good in that Packers game, despite the final stats. But the point is, he did enough late to have the game-winning drive. Maybe that'll build some confidence moving forward. The weather should be a lot better because it was pouring rain in that Packers game. So maybe, once again, it could just be the weather, and they'll look sharper in this one. But I do think the, the uh, Niners will get the job done. Seven feels right, though. I would not be surprised if they actually do win this game by exactly seven. But I think I'm going to lean to the Niners in this game. The fact that the Lions have only played two outdoor games in about three months has me concerned. And I do think that the Niners, once again, after that bad of a showing against the Packers. You could argue that it was rust-based and weather-based because all the starters basically skipped the final game against the Rams. So they had not played in basically three weeks uh, because they had the bye as well. So yeah, most of the starters didn't play for about three weeks and rust could have been an issue, but I do think that's going to be over and I do think that the Niners will do enough to get the job done against this team. I think it is pretty telling, though, the two 12-5 teams are playing for a spot in the Super Bowl, and one team is favored by seven. The oddsmakers are really daring you to take Detroit, and I'm not going to fall for it. Give me the Niners uh, minus the seven in the spot. For the over-under, I do think I'm going to go with the over in this game. I know that I like the under in that Packers game, mostly because of weather, and I did think that Green Bay would be able to have some moments defensively based on current form. Detroit's defense, I really don't think is that good. I'll just simply put, I think Hutchinson's good. And I think the secondary is a mess, but I think that Purdy in good weather can move the ball. I think the lines can generate big plays too, whether it's with uh, Laporta or Amon Ra. Point is, I do think that this total of 50 and a half feels close to where it should be, but I am going to lean to the over. I do think the Niners can drop 30 plus points. 
if you wanted a score prediction, give me 31-21, something like that. Give me the Niners by 10. I think that the Lions hang in there. Brutal turnover late by Goff. Attack on and uh, clinching field goal, basically. And the Niners win by 10. So once again, give me the Niners minus the 7. And give me the over 50 and a half with a final score prediction of 31-21. A reminder, though, if the Niners do win, next week is an interesting week because we have a gap week. Since the Super Bowl, obviously, is going to be two weeks from now. So the point is, we're going to figure something out. Maybe we'll talk about the Warriors, we'll see. But if the Niners lose this game to the Lions, we will do the immediate season recap, and we're going to talk about some report card grades, etc. for the Niners. But either way, hopefully, once again, we get to talk about the Warriors next week, because hopefully the Niners are playing for a Lombardi trophy. But until next time, find me on Twitter, at Radio, and until then, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.